You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. As you all know, last week we began to actually return to ordinary time and the teachings of uh, the gospel, what we say the ordinary teachings of Jesus, simply meaning that they don't have a specific theme or emphasis like Lent or Advent or the other seasons. And so last week, I just want to kind of put us into uh, the reference of where we've been this year in the Gospel of Luke, because each year we study one of the three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, or Luke, with John kind of filling in other areas. And so Luke's Gospel, one of the big themes is, is discipleship. And if you'll recall, before we entered into Lent, between Christmas and Lent, there are a lot of homilies about God's disposition towards us. And that is God's all in. God's all in. And we hear the term unconditional love and mercy that God has for us. And I made the point beforehand, and I'll make it over and over again, that his love is uncon unconditional. His mercy is not. And so there are certain conditions for us to receive mercy, and those conditions can be roughly described as discipleship. In other words, following Christ. And so before Christmas, we looked at God's disposition, his relentless pursuit of us from the fall of Adam and Eve all the way through salvation history up through the time of Christ. And we get to see the witness of God's love for us in the death and the resurrection of Christ, his desire for us to be restored, to come to new life outside our fallen nature, our sinful nature. And so now we are looking at what's our disposition. Where are we in all of this? What do we need to do to fulfill the conditions of discipleship? And there are some predispositions we need to have. We know how God's disposed. So what's our disposition? What are we doing or what do we need to do or what do we need to try to do in order to be a disciple of Christ? And we're gonna work through this pretty much through Christmas, pretty much through the beginning of, of Advent and with different levels and varying degrees of specificity. And so we know of God's love. And so we look at our dispositions. And last week, I can't remember if I had this mass or not. Father Poirier's been out, so I'm all out of whack. Uh, by the way, he got back last night just in time because I was about to become a cranky pastor without him. Nobody likes a cranky priest. And so he's back safe and sound. We prayed for him at daily masses. Uh, but last week, it was about commitment. In other words, if God's all in, we need to be all in. And we can be all in to the extent that we can commit, we can have an act of the will, that we are going to follow Christ. But in that commitment, there are certain things that we have elements of that we need to look at, and our readings today kind of help us with that. Okay, the first is I would look at our second reading. And we look at what St. Paul is saying in that second reading, in the beginning, he says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. In other words, there's no boasting except in the love that God has shown for us. And that's the gift that we've received. So we're gonna boast in everything. We're gonna give all the credit to God. What is that, AMDG? All the glory belongs to him, right? And so the first thing is that disposition of humility of humility. And we celebrated the Feast of the Sacred Heart a week ago Friday, and there's a reading there from 
his letter to the Romans. And there are three words that he uses, and I've been hitting on this during our weekly masses, three words that he uses to describe him and us. And they are comprised and make a great definition of what humility is. And so it's on page 179 of the Missalette if you want to read it. Um, in case I'm boring you right now, you can do a little work. But the three words are helpless, ungodly, and sinners. That we are helpless, that we are ungodly, and that we are sinners. And I would ask how many of us, including myself, really, really think of ourselves regularly as helpless, as ungodly, and as sinners. And now, the ungodly part is not the way that we would use the term today. What that means is that we are simply not God. We are simply not God. When he says ungodly, it means that we recognize who is God and we are not him. But when we think of those three things, that's a disposition to humility. And I used to always like Mother Teresa's definition of humility was simply that of being, seeing ourselves as God sees us. But this fleshes us out a little bit more. This is how God sees us. And he's right. And we don't want to see ourselves as helpless. We live in the United States, rugged individualism. We can take care of ourselves. It's just not true. Everything we have has been given to us. You know, that we are ungodly, that we are not God, that we are not self-actuated. We are God-actuated, grace-actuated and any goodness that we have, and that we are sinners. Sometimes we fail, sometimes we sin, we have weaknesses, we have faults. And if we start with that disposition, then Paul goes on to further state in that reading for the Sacred Heart, that he did this while we were in that state. And so his love for us was shown despite the fact that we were helpless, we were ungodly, and we were sinners. And that's why we rejoice. And that brings us to our first reading today and our responsorial song. Cry out to God with joy. Rejoice in Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. That God was willing to save us despite the fact that we were still sinners. And in that, we have a true sense of what joy is. The joy because of the gratitude that we have towards God. We thank him for his willingness to relentlessly pursue us throughout salvation history, to reveal himself to us most particularly and fully in the life of his son, and then to not condemn us, simply to save us. And that disposition is necessary for us to grow in Christ. Because if we do not have that disposition, that what need have we of God? What need have we of God? We're okay. I'm not helpless. I can do it myself. I'm not a sinner. I'm really a good person. I'm really a good person. And I know how to run my life. I know how to run my life better than God could ever run it. And it's a very sneaky disposition to try to get into because we are, we are autonomous. We are free beings. We're free to choose God or not choose, or not choose God. And so sometimes we can fool ourselves and it's a constant battle for us. The first sin was pride, right? So it's a constant battle to make sure that we are in the right frame of mind for our discipleship, that being humility. 
that being an understanding of where we are. And then comes the thought that when we hit that trueness, how wonderful God is and has been to us, not throughout history, but in our own individual lives. And that's a key to being a disciple, is that state of humility, that disposition. In our gospel reading, we hear of Jesus appointing folks to go out two by two, and he will note that the harvest is abundant. Lots of folks out there, but the laborers are few. How many of us can really get to that sense of humility that will prompt a true following of Christ and a true love of neighbor? Because as we'll hear in the coming weeks, you know, the first thing we have to do is to show mercy as God has shown mercy to be his disciple. And so we think of Jesus commissioning them, sending them out and giving them certain conditions and it's not gonna be easy. You'll be like lambs among wolves. You are crucified to the world. So the world, as we hear in other places, may hate you because it hated him. Well, we'll be countercultural, particularly in today's day and age and in our society where we have very much a counterintuitive and I say unreasonable, meaning that it's not of reason of many of the secular philosophies that are out there. They just don't make sense. They're not in reality. We have to live in the reality of the truth. The truth not only taught by Christ, but in the way we were created, the natural truths or the natural laws. And so as we move forward in our dissection, so to speak, of discipleship, we know that we are committed, we are all in. But in that commitment, we know that we will sin and we will fail and we ask for God's mercy. But we have to have the humility to understand who we are and who he is in order to allow him to work within us. And in that way, we can make progress. We can have that new life that new life that St. Paul talks about and that we celebrated at Easter. It's not easy. It's a change of attitude and a change of mindset. And particularly as we get settled into our lives, so to speak, maybe at an older age, it's hard to break out of that. What's the old saying? You can't teach an old dog a new trick, right? Not that any of you are all dogs. Let's not get me in trouble here. But it's true, once we get settled into something, it's hard to break out of it. That's what Christ is trying to do, to shatter, shatter the wall between us and him and to reconcile us to him and to each other. And so we'll continue, as I said, to talk about this journey of discipleship and we'll celebrate the great love that God has for us with the understanding that in order to have friendship with Christ, and he calls us friends, not servants anymore, that there are certain things we have to do to reconcile, just as we would with any other human being. And we'll look at those requirements of reconciliation, namely to do what Jesus commanded. We'll get more specific as we move forward, but for now, we have to have the proper disposition to even begin to really live a life in him. Speaking of celebrating and being joyful of this weekend, obviously a holiday weekend, uh, we should have great joy and thank God for the gift that those of you who are born here, about anybody who's here, uh, of living in the United States of America. I said it's, we're not perfect, we're certainly not perfect, uh, but we are in a place where we can, without worry, practice our faith. Not everybody has that at all. As a matter of fact, it's somewhat rare throughout history. Uh, we certainly have been able to create an economic system that is very prosperous. We've redefined poverty um, from food, clothing, and shelter to other things that are, are very decent and good. Uh, our poor in our country sometimes match the wealth of the wealthy in other countries. Uh, 
we have it really, really good here. I don't think we can understand it until we go to other places and see the way that others live, quite joyfully, by the way. They're just fine. Certain simplicity that I think we've lost. But nevertheless, we celebrate the 4th of July. The structures that came together in the founding of our country that allow for these freedoms and also the moves towards justice that we have had. And there have been obviously certain injustices throughout, but we have the ability to change and to move into a place that is more just. And we continue our journey as a country. And we should thank God for the gift that it is to us to be able to live here, to be able to do things that no other people in history have been given and able to do without fear of retribution, without fear of harm. We always think of the beautiful gifts that our military personnel give to us, the men and women willing to make sure that these freedoms are defended and preserved. And we ourselves also think of the responsibility that we have to use those freedoms in a way that don't reduce themselves to license, but to virtue. And that we ourselves can always come to know Christ more deeply, and we should. I always think that we probably have a greater responsibility than many others because of the gifts that we've been given and the ability to come to know and to love and to pursue Christ as we deem fit. And it's something that we should always take seriously in that commitment to discipleship and in that sense of humility. So let's certainly enjoy this weekend. I hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday. Uh, but let's also make sure that as we step back, we look at those gifts that God has given to us. Very few of us are here because of anything we did if we were born here. We certainly had nothing to do with it. It was just a happenstance of chance, so to speak, in God's creation as it relates to us. Let's make sure that we thank God for that pure gift and make sure that we always take advantage of it in a responsible and good way.